Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm doing this today with uh, Josh Lean. So Josh, say hi. Hey, hope everybody's doing great out there. Um, we are uh, we are enjoying some sunny weather out here in Missouri right now. I almost said Phoenix because that's where I spent so many years, but I'm enjoying some sunny weather out here today and uh, recording some podcasts for you. There you go. So I think uh, today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. So for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it is a, a feeling of inadequacy and self-doubt that can lead people fearing that they'll be exposed as a fraud, usually in their work lives. And I think this is necessary to talk about because we have a lot of people that are in recovery that, may, that are going into professional fields. Right. And I, I've seen some of, some of my friends and some people that I'm not so much friends with anymore mm-hmm. um, that have been really impacted by not feeling adequate right. and not feeling like they belong. And because of that, sometimes it caused them to, uh, to do things and say things that I don't think that they would have normally said right. if they would have felt like they belonged. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, this imposter syndrome, you know, honestly, I think this was the first time I heard it was when we were going to talk about doing this podcast. I mean, once you explain it to me, it makes sense. I totally understand it. And, I, and I've heard of it before. I just hadn't heard it called that before. And, uh, and it is so true, you know, um, like we were talking about in my past, I was an imposter. And so um, now living the way I do, and, I, and you know, I, I try to, you know, one of the prayers that I always pray is, is God, I want you to close the gap between the person I hide, the person everyone sees, and the person I really am, you know, and I just, I want to be real all the time. And um, I can't, I, want, I would be lying to say sometimes that, that fear doesn't creep in there that says I'm still an imposter. You're going to be exposed for the fraud that you are. Uh, I guess as we're going through this today, maybe we can walk through some ideas of what you do when those thoughts come up when you're dealing with that. It's kind of what I thought we'd do is talk about some ways to overcome it, but yeah. first maybe talk about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, whenever I brought it up, you said some something that was kind of interesting when you said, uh, you're like, I was like that before, mm-hmm. not so much now. And, and I can kind of relate to that. I always uh, tell people, you know, if you wanted to know who I was back in the day, look for the coolest person in the room. And that's who I was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I think I built so many walls and numbed myself and escaped from so much that I didn't really know who I was. No, not at all. All I knew is I wasn't worthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that feeling is what carries in to mm-hmm. a lot of people's professional lives. I mean, at times it's carried into mine. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can tell you I had no boss and uh, she's amazing. Her name's Mary Turner and mm-hmm. uh, I love her to death. But every time I would get a text or anything from ding man i feel like one of those little dong that was our uh what are those bowls that they have at the meditation so rooms loud. it was crazy loud especially with these headphones on. <laughs> man. i thought my sound was off yeah that it is not now it is we have discovered that <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway so for those of you at home go ahead keep your phones on <laughs> you don't have to turn them on vibrate um but josh we do oh my gosh <laughs> that was my laptop <laughs> anyway um but every time I would get a text or a email from Mary saying, I need to see you, 
I would instantly go to the absolute worst case right. scenario. Like, what is she going to fire oh, me for now? Man, don't I experience that? Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know about your back. I think your background, you were probably, in fact, you were. You were a little more professional than I was. You had a career back in the day mm-hmm. and everything, even in the midst of your uh, substance use. Yeah. Uh, your chaotic substance right. use. But for me, I mean, I never did. Mm-hmm. You know, I have yeah. no skills. I tell people the only mm-hmm. things I learned how to do was. Uh, listen to music and watch t- and watch movies. I mean, right. literally, that's what I did. When I meet people that have skills, uh-huh. I'm like, how did you yeah, manage to, to find that. skills while you were <laughs> using drugs? Uh-huh. You know, um, because I didn't. I, I didn't play sports. I didn't play instruments. I got high. I mean, yeah, I got into some fights, and I messed around with a lot of people, but that was the extent right. of it, no you know? So when I came into the spotlight, you know, after going to college on, and even through that, I was, I don't know, I guess I was made to feel a little inadequate, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. I, because of your history. Yeah. I got my GED in a Boonville Correctional Center uh-huh. and I scored high enough that years later I used it to go to Ozark Technical Community College and they were great there. But when I transferred to another school, I had to go talk to the Dean of Students um, when they found out I had a felony because I had to explain to him why I was worthy of going to the co- their college. So when you're struggling with issues, it is having to do something like that. It was rough. Yeah. You know, but, but I think I've gotten better with it as I, I've worked through it. And that's one thing. I mean, you f- may feel like a fraud, but trust mm. me, most of us that are in recovery, yeah. we put in the work. Yeah, it's so true. You know, the thing is, you're talking about my, my previous professional career, and I absolutely was 100% a fraud. You know, wherever I could cut corners and cheat and steal, and um, you talk about this worth thing, I struggled my whole life with wanting to feel worthy. And so I'd always um, act or react to the people across the desk from me or in my life in the way that I thought they would want me to, or I thought that would give me the most respect in that moment. It was never ever about who I truly was and acting out of that. It was about what is gonna what is gonna get me what I want in this moment. What is gonna get me with respect to that person in this moment? What's gonna get me on to the next moment? It was never really about who I was, and so I was built on a fraud. And so when all that came crumbling down in my life, and uh, you know by God's grace He brought this restoration into my life, some of those old thought patterns—not necessarily the behaviors are there anymore—but some of those old thought patterns find their way into me, way into me, saying, "You're still that fraud." How dare right. you think you can do this? You can preach. You can do that. You've still got that that old thought pattern in there every so often. Dang it. Yeah. Um, so we're just talking. It's weird, but anybody that knows me would probably agree with this. I keep shifting the microphone towards Josh because I'm louder than Josh is, which I don't know. If I you know so. me, it probably shouldn't surprise you. <laughs> so I have uh-huh. to keep getting the mic closer to him uh-huh. and being like, speak up. Sorry, guys. Uh, there you go. That's way better. Way better. Oh, holy cow. There you go. Yeah. I mean, now you're gaining at like 12, so we're good. <laughs> so anyway, um, but what I've seen a lot of times is I have seen people that are doing good things. Mm-hmm. Um, a, not reach out for help. Yes. Uh, because they feel like they have to handle everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not open about it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going to uh, Mary Turner and saying, Mary, I need you to do me a favor. Yeah. Um, when you tell me that you need to see me, um, you need to let me know why. Uh-huh. Because every time that you tell me, hey, I need to see you, I think you're going to fire me because mm-hmm. this is how I feel. I know that's not how you feel. Right. But internally, this is how I internalize it every time I see it. How did she take that? Um, she started letting me know in her emails and texts, hey, I need to see you to talk about this. Mm. 
And it's so, and as in recovery, we, we built up those walls from probably our past where we, we, it always was the worst case scenario. Right. And so, um, that is something that I have learned so well is just being honest about what, Hey, I'm feeling like this right now. This is, this is what I'm feeling like just being honest and transparent and people respond to that because you're being true to yourself. Absolutely. And then I've seen the side where, uh, people embellish mm-hmm. everything that they do because yep. they don't feel like they're worthy. So they have to continually, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're a little braggadocious, and it's okay to be proud of your work. We should all be proud of our work, mm-hmm. but don't be mis- dishonest right. about your work. Yeah. So if they were doing, I don't know, uh, we'll just use widgets. Uh-huh. Uh, if they were giving out 50 widgets to homeless, uh, right. they would be like, yeah, I gave out 75 widgets to the homeless yesterday. Right. A- and it's like, man, the work you're doing uh-huh. is awesome. Right. It's amazing. You are living your life to make yourself better and to help uh-huh. the people around you become better. And right. if you know what I say, I always say if you're living your life that way, you're doing something right. If you're not, then you need to look in the mirror and figure out how to live your life that way because you're not living your life well. Yeah. I right? Agree. So if you're doing good stuff, it should carry its own weight. You shouldn't have to embellish yeah. or make it bigger. I agree. I agree. And I think that it's um it's again, it's a it's an imposter thing. You want to be Something that you're not because you think what you are isn't good enough. And that's not true. You're not true at all. What about those people that under-embellish? Like the guy I'm looking at right now. Um, <laughs> like, is there somebody else in here? Um, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's still probably part of my imposter syndrome is uh-huh. it's really hard for me to accept praise. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And um, because I've been around people that self-promoted shamelessly right and i was like man i don't want to be around that it it would annoy the crap out of me Mm -hmm. i think i've almost gone to the opposite extreme yeah uh to where i don't and i know my board's on me and other people around me (laughs) no names uh, are on me about it but yeah that does make me uncomfortable uh i like to talk about my recovery but all those accolades and stuff is something that just right we're we're sitting on the couch the other day and uh, his phone rings and it's like one of the largest Christian publishers, I don't know, in America, I would suppose, wanted to do an article on you. And you just got your kids in here rolling throughout, still having a conversation with me while you're doing this this interview. And um, nobody else ever hears about it, you know. And I'm sure it'll come out in that magazine if people hear about it. But, um, yeah, you are uh, you're doing some pretty impressive things. There's no doubt about it. Well, thank you as I look down and can't look you in the eyes. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I do think that, yeah, I still get caught up in that, but I... I've done it. I get caught up in a in a way I don't think that's offensive to other people. Yeah, not at all. You know, I think that no. there's one way, two different ways you can go with it. And one of those, well, three probably. One way you crawl into your shell and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is you uh, you kind of marginalize yourself a little bit, but continue doing your work. And the other one is you're like, "Wee, look at me, look at me, look yes. at me, and all the uh-huh. amazing stuff I'm doing." Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some people in in our state like that, unfortunately mm-hmm. that. It, at times have given uh, the peer movement kind of a bad name mm-hmm. just because it was all about them. Right. You know, the truth is uh, I think we're only as good as the people we surround ourselves with and the people that we're working with. I agree. At the end of the day. And you know, the thing that I have noticed is this, this peer movement has exploded, you know? And so as we're going into this really a new territory, um, I think the imposter syndrome is going to be, is going to be part of it. And it's going to be something important that we each individually work on because um, what we don't want is we're building 
use a biblical reference, our house on sand, you know, right. something that can't stand up. Yeah, I mean, that may be biblical, but I think it's kind of common sense. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Totally. So I'm going to build this on sand so that it shifts and falls as soon as it gets wet. Uh-huh. And yeah. You're going to have that solid rock, you know, and that's being true to who you really are, knowing that's, that's okay. You know, that's what I struggled with for years and years was this idea that who I really am, people really wouldn't like. And, um, and so I tried to, to, to put somebody out there that would be liked, and it was not a real version of me. Yeah, I wanted to be anybody but who I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's kind of what you're talking about. But yeah, I think it is true whenever you go through abuse and, you know, shame and hopelessness and depression and anxiety, you get to a point where you're like, I, I don't know who I want to be and I don't know where I want to be, <laughs> but I know it's not me and I know it's not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What do, what do you think we should do if we have one of them thoughts? pop in our mind like we get that text from our boss that says let's meet and the very first thing is well i must be getting fired and so how do you combat that you know uh i believe that you have taken the certified peer specialist training <laughs> um I, I think there's a tool called catch it check it change it mm-hmm. do you remember that yep i do okay so i want you to tell me what you remember of that tool all right so first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna catch that thought so this thought comes in um, boss text me. Let's meet. Oh, I must be getting fired. You're gonna you're gonna catch that thought, then you're gonna check it versus reality. It, it, reality? Have I have I been showing up to work? Have I been on time? Have I been doing my job? What is reality saying? And then once you realize, um, no, I'm not getting fired. You're gonna change that thought. You're gonna reframe it. My boss has something. Obviously, he wants to meet me with you about him. I'm excited. Let's go see what the, see what he has got for us to, to learn or, or see or do. Absolutely. I wish I would have had that tool back in the day when I was working. Yes. Uh, as a counselor for Mary, because I, maybe I wouldn't have felt just that abject terror uh-huh. every time uh-huh. I got that text or that email. Yes. And I think that reframing it is a huge thing, you know? What if you check it against reality and um, there, there is some truth to what you're saying? You know, there's that saying in recovery, uh, it's none of your business what other people think of you. <laughs> and I always say, well, there's none of my, it, it may be none of your business what other people think of you, unless it's true. true. <laughs> If you're being scandalous, stop it. Because if everybody thinks you suck at life, <laughs> yes. um, and you check that against reality, and you're like, wow, it, it, it seems like maybe I suck at life. So maybe you change you. <laughs> then maybe I need to make those changes, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's one of those things we need to look at mm-hmm. is if it is true, what's the part I play? And I think it's that way with anything. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is, what's the part I play? Mm. It's so good. Um, because if it's always somebody else's fault, yeah, there's nothing I can do to change that because right. I can't make you change. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I think about back to school and every year uh, my teachers had the same problem with me. And every year I blame my teachers. You know, at, at some point I had to realize the problem wasn't with my teachers. The problem was, was me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's the same idea now that you just, you've got to be able to, I love how you talk about catch it. And then you check it against reality. But what is really going on? And, and, and owning your part of it. And then change. So let's see. What are some things we can do to overcome it? Um, you know, I know that once I get in the rooms, I talk about fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. But if you ever get a chance, there is a TED Talk mm-hmm. uh, that this lady did called Fake It Until You Become It. I haven't even heard of that one. And I, I really like it. But the truth is, I, I don't think we have to fake it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think maybe we, we fly a little loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, 
it's not really faking it because if I look back on past successes, I know I can be successful now. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, look right. at everything you, as a person in long-term recovery, have overcame to be standing where you're at. It's incredible, right? Mountains. Yeah. And when I say recovery, you know what? I think everybody's in recovery from something. Yeah. Uh, you happen to be in recovery from what? Substance use? What else? Yeah, from substance use. Um, <laughs> for being an unfaithful person. I was I was addicted to being, um, being a liar, man. I was a liar. I mean, through and through. Yeah. Yeah, so look at all those different things. I mean, and all the things we've overcame to be the person we are today. Yeah. The person that... That hopefully we could look in the smi- in the mirror mm-hmm. and smile at and be like, <laughs> I like that guy. Check right. you later. Right? right? Oh, so, so, so I don't think we're really faking it, but I think if we play it against past successes, mm-hmm. you know, I tend to be very strength based, kind of a uh, Rogerian, probably part of the social work background that I have mm-hmm. now. Uh, but man, I mean, past success. What have I done in the past that where I've been successful, and why can't I just play off that and mm-hmm. continue being successful? Right. I agree. So, so maybe uh, I think of uh, back in the day. I was, you know, have you ever played sports? Yeah, absolutely. What'd you play? Football. I played football. I was a fighter for a long, long time. Um, okay. Baseball a little bit. So, do you visualize yourself losing a fight? No. Really? Definitely. You you really never ever do, right? In the sports, you never visualize that. No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. So, if I'm playing baseball, do I visualize myself swinging through and missing the ball? <laughs> not once, right? Football, what place, what position? I was, I was a running back. I was running in, back. I was in the end zone, man. So you picture yourself yeah. missing the hole and getting creamed. <laughs> by, shaking my face back. By the defensive lineman, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, exactly, yes. I, uh-huh. I picture myself getting hit by the Mike linebacker every time I run through. <laughs> so why can't we visualize being successful? You know, um, this is what I look like. You know, I'm going to visualize myself giving that successful presentation yeah. in front of uh, yeah. my peers because yeah. I think that's one of the times that the imposter syndrome kicks in right. uh, for me at yeah. least is when I'm in a room full of people with like PhDs and you know doctors and nurses right. and all these people that have these degrees sometimes mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm worthy even though I'm the one that they're paying to speak in front that's of big, right or back in the day, it was part of my job, so actually the Missouri Recovery Network was yeah. paying me to speak in front of them. So, so, I mean, I, can, I know that, man, when I give a good presentation, mm-hmm. I knock it out of the park. Yeah. I, I think that there's some presentations that I do better than just about anybody. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I just recently ran into an, an incident with this imposter syndrome. We, um, over the last, this last week, we had that grant come out. And uh, as we were able to apply for, and uh, you guys had me write part of it. And I was terrified when I was sent it to you guys this morning because I thought you guys would tear me up left, right, up, and down about how dumb I was. And you know what? You guys didn't tell me? What? You didn't tell me how dumb I was. Yeah. No, I, I did visualize lefts and rights <laughs> after I got that email. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, you know, even now, I still struggle with it. But you know what I did is I, and I stepped out and did it anyways. You know, I, I faked it. And maybe, you know, positive affirmations. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Do, do you remember, uh, oh, was it Stuart Smalley uh, back in the Saturday Night Live? Oh, my gosh. Was it him? I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. Uh, and gosh darn it. People like me. There you go. Uh-huh. So why don't we have those self-affirmations that we give ourselves? Man, I'm really uncomfortable going into this. You know what? By God, I'm good enough. I have earned my place here. And when I get up and speak in front of a group of people, they enjoy what they hear. Yeah, exactly. Right? right. You are... Mm-hmm. 
the expert on your recovery. Anybody that's listening, you yeah. are the expert on your recovery. There is nobody in the world that is more qualified mm -hmm. to speak about your recovery than you. And when it comes to sitting in a room full of professionals, you know, um, I've got a friend, Chad, and he said that he was speaking in front of a group. I think it was pre-med students. Uh -huh. And, you know, he asked a question. You know, he got up in front of him, and he was like, quick question, um, who here has ever broken into a sharps container to get syringes out so right. you could inject heroin? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, who here has ever used gutter, water in a gutter to uh, put in a spoon so uh -huh. you could do a shot of dope? Okay, just me? Okay, so I'm the expert in the room then. Yes, exactly. Right? We're often the, the experts in the room, uh -huh. even when we're among our peers, we're still one of the experts. Yeah. And sometimes we may be the only expert when we're in a room full of people with terminal degrees mm -hmm. because they haven't lived that same life. Yeah, no, not at all. And I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think that is, that's not even faking it. That's just, that is using your story as your gift to help those around you. They, people need to know. They need to know. They need to know that recovery story. But if you allow that imposter syndrome to shut you down, because it does, sometimes it'll, it'll keep you from sharing things that, you, that are, that are going to be pertinent to maybe helping someone else out. Um, do you walk on water? No, okay. I don't. I have. I, I've been in a boat. I've walked on water. Um, Let's hear about it. Oh, I lived in North Dakota and uh, <laughs> also in Illinois and we used to play hockey. Uh -huh. um, so I have literally walked Walk on, on water, water. But it was frozen. Yeah, it's different. But reminding yourself that you don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. There's nobody that's perfect. And I don't know is a perfectly acceptable response to a question especially if like you're a peer, peer specialist so you follow it up with i don't know but i'm gonna find out and i'll get back to you right there that is such a burning relieving for the person you're talking to and for yourself it's okay i've been watching 2012 the last couple of days i don't know we're in the middle of all yeah, this right uh the covid pandemic uh -huh. and you know it's an end of the world movie uh -huh. but there's a, a point where uh the scientist, the geologist uh -huh. who has discovered what's going on is with the president in the Oval Office. And I, he's, he's like, so you told me that it was going to happen at this date. Uh -huh. And it's happening now. And he goes, yes. He said, uh, I was wrong. And the president looks at him and he says, do you know how many times I have heard somebody standing in front of me here tell me that they were wrong? Mm. And the guy's like, no. And he's like, never. You're the first one. <laughs> wow. So, it's okay to say, I don't know, or to say, you know what, I messed up. I messed up, yeah. Right? I'm going to um, some relationship counseling, some maybe some pre-marriage type counseling right now. And uh, what they, Oh, are you getting married? Hey, whoa, 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 we didn't say that. Oh, we're, okay. we're, we're going through some relationship counseling. So um, one of the things that uh, they tell us is that the three biggest things you can say is, um, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You know, and I think that translates in everything. Just being able to own it, you know. And I think that adds to the imposter syndrome when you're not willing to own it when you when you did mess up. Yeah, um, and I heard an Edison quote once. Uh, at least it was attributed to Edison, and it may be one of those. I've never looked it up to see if he truly said it. Uh -huh. But the rumor is he was in the middle of an, of an interview, and somebody said, and he was talking about creating the light bulb, and somebody was like, "So you failed over eight hundred times?" And he said. I learned 800 ways to not do it again. <laughs> right. So, true. so even when I fail, like I, I, I think we, we both have said this multiple times, you don't grow on the peaks, you grow in the valleys. Yes. I, my strength and my wisdom uh -huh. don't come nearly as much from my successes. I mean, they're forged in my, 
failures. Yeah, when I am not successful is mm-hmm. a lot of times where I get the most strength and the most wisdom. It's so true. It is so true. And to truly believe that is a, is a milestone in your life. It's a turning point. There's no doubt about it. So some of the things that I think we talked about is that you need to, to recognize these feelings when they emerge, right? These imposter feelings. Awareness. Be vocal. Yeah, is the first step to change. Right. Yeah. And, and if I have somebody, a mentor, a boss, somebody like that, excuse me. No problem. Talk about your feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got to have that ability to say, hey, you know what? I know this isn't accurate, mm-hmm. but this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. Right? Right. So. It's so important. You ever watched G.I. Joe when you were a kid? No one's after battle. There you go. Now you go, Joe! Right? So, uh-huh. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, there's no reason to feel shame if uh-huh. you don't know, if you don't feel adequate, if you mm-hmm. feel like a fraud. Because I think at times we all do. I think yeah. you would be hard-pressed not to find somebody that would look at you and go, I've never felt like I didn't fit in somewhere. Exactly. Right? The fact that you that you feel useless in that moment doesn't actually mean that you are. You got to consider the context. Everybody struggles with it. Yeah, and it's insight. And sometimes having insight's a pretty important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing I feel that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also like facts are not feelings aren't facts. Yeah, so you true. know, they will um, I may feel inadequate, but I guarantee you, I'm not inadequate mm-hmm. because I was hired and yeah. I had the degree and I put in the work and yeah. I had. Um, some amazing people that did really well. I will always jokingly say, in spite of working with me as their therapist. <laughs> right. You know, um, I don't think we can ever take credit for all the hard work people put in, but I was really good at building that therapeutic alliance, building the rapport mm-hmm. with the people in front of me so that maybe they would feel comfortable enough yeah. to actually talk to me about their past successes and we could figure out ways for them to duplicate it in the now. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know years later. I still see people come up to you and say, oh, you were at blah, 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 blah. You helped me out so much. Yeah. Years later. Yeah, it cracks My wife always talks about uh, this girl that came up, and she's like, is he your husband? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, Mr. David saved my life. (laughs) You (laughs) know, she loved it. And honestly, I mean, she put in all the work. She was a sweetheart, you know. um, But that's how she felt. And once again, feelings are not facts. The truth is she did it all herself. Yeah, yeah, it is. So when I have that feeling of inadequacy, not a fact. It's not a fact. You know, you got to be kind to yourself. You know, we tend to be our own harshest critics. Oh my gosh. How much, if it was somebody else feeling the same way, what would you tell that person? (laughs) I would talk them out of it. I would be kind to them. You know, you'd be like, oh my God, you belong here. You have done so much work. Right. Look, look at how well you're doing. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think another big thing is, is you struggle to seek support. You know, like you were saying, find someone that you can allow to pour into you. If it's a mentor or a pastor or a peer or whoever it is, find someone to seek support from. Yeah. Um, Everybody has problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody has a place where they feel uncomfortable, but just because I don't feel comfortable doesn't mean that I'm not worthy and don't belong there. Mm, That's so true. And finally, you know, I think, though, the worst thing that we can possibly do, A, is stay in our own head. Mm, yep. You know, not reach out to other people. There's this part of pride that makes people feel like they yeah. have to stay in their own head. Yeah. Um, the other part is, if you're feeling that way, fess up to it. Yep. Admit it. Talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you do when you feel inaccurate, don't downplay uh the things that may not that you're not doing well 
Um, don't overplay the things you are doing well. Right, right. You know, because that's what I see is I don't feel like I belong here, so I'm going to lie to you about the things that I'm not doing well. Yep. And I'm going to lie to you about the things that I am doing well because I want it to look like I'm on top of the mountain. We just make it worse for ourselves, man. And, you know, I mean, I I am alienated from some people in my life because of that. I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this Uh on this is because there's some people in my life that I can honestly say I'm really not good friends with anymore. Yeah. Um, Because it got to a point where... I was tired of being lied to. Mm, right. You know, yeah. I was tired of the jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I was tired of being talked about. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, people trying to overplay what they were doing and downplay what I was doing. Um, I do good work. They did good work. Right. And unfortunately, they saw it as a competition, not a yeah. collaboration. That's crazy. You know, even if I don't work with you, we still collaborate because we're working with the same community. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Like, I mean, there's you may be in another state right now, and I still feel like we're collaborating because we're working to help the same Common groups of goal, people. man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of that, you know, like the fishermen that catch crabs, and they just put them in a bucket, and they don't put a lid on the bucket because any crab that tries to crawl out, another crab will drag them and pull them right back in. And it's that... that that crab syndrome kind of goes along with the imposter syndrome, you know, and uh, you got to be careful about, I think, the people you surround yourself with. Like, yeah, you, you don't want you, crabs. <laughs> <laughs> you have severed some of those relationships because we don't want crabs. No <laughs> crabs. Crabs <laughs> a creature. Oh, Lord All right, then. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want crabs, so I've had to uh, put up some boundaries, yeah. you know, some healthy boundaries with some people and... Um, you know, I try to surround myself with people who want to see me succeed and who are happy about my successes, whether they're in a room with me or talking to other people. Yeah, I agree. I you know, agree. because it, it's really hard, I think sometimes, and maybe this is me getting in my feelings, uh-huh. um, to, to be around people who are just genuine and nice to you mm-hmm. and then not that way when they're not around you. And yeah. that when you and, and that you can literally hear embellishing what they're doing, uh-huh. you, you know, know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, how many times have I told you you're doing good right. stuff? Right, you don't gotta you do know. this, yeah. And it's that putting up that wall. It know? kills me, but at the same time, I remember being in a similar place. Yeah. The I'm only not. difference was I wasn't jealous of the. Okay, I started off jealous of one person <laughs> in the recovery community, uh-huh. and you walked through it, but I never dragged him down. No. You know, I didn't uh-huh. talk about him behind his back. I would just look and think, man, why am I not there yet? Mm-hmm. And and the truth is, you know, uh, things don't always ha- happen the way I want them to happen, but they always happen the way they're supposed to happen. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's one of the things is instead of looking at other people and being like, why are they there and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only here? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I'm here. How amazing is this compared to where I used to be? Yeah. I guess. You know? It's an incredible journey. And, you know, we'll, we'll use the religion uh, thing. Maybe some people are called to be a pastor mm-hmm. and lead a church. Yeah. Um, maybe some people are called to go to other countries. Uh-huh. Um, maybe some people are called to start successful businesses, and maybe some people are called to do work here. Yeah. Um, I'm called to do work here. Amen. And to also travel a little bit, but yeah. I'm not called to lead a congregation. Right. right. You, you know. You know that calling. That's not what my focus is. Yeah. Um, and it's never where I felt led. Right. So. Why would I compare myself to a missionary right. or a pastor when right. I'm a layperson who's called to, to be of service? Yeah. It's like that you Geico know. commercial. Stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. 
I mean, we can use 12-step meetings. I'm not called to be the GSR of a meeting, and I'm not called to lead the meeting, but I feel like I'm called to come in and set up chairs and make coffee before the meeting starts. So good. And I shouldn't look at the person leading the meeting and be like, well, why am I not the chair? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, why don't I get to be the GSR? Yeah. Um, well, actually, if you wanted it, then you could go ahead and nominate yourself and see if they vote you in. Right? right. Um, most people are more than happy to give up some of that. Yeah. So, so the truth is, instead of comparing yourself to other people, compare yourself to you. And I yeah. always say, you know, am I doing better today than I was yesterday? That's so good. And that's how you can visualize your own success. What is it? What is it that you want to go for in this life? What is it that you're pushing for? Visualize that. You're talking about that, looking at that, you know, and I think that's important. Not other people, not what they're doing or he or she is doing, but what is it? What is, what's in your heart? And go after that. Absolutely. And... I see why my family got tired of me. I see why they got tired of me not showing up when I said I would and lying to them every time they turned around and always yeah. downplaying the negatives and overplaying the positives. Yeah. Yep. Um, I see why that frustrated them. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if it wasn't for the support, I wouldn't be here. So if that's how you feel, then you need to find that support. And mm-hmm. it may come from unexpected places. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many bridges I've burned in my life. Um, and some of those bridges will never be rebuilt. Yep. You know. Me too. Uh, because of my past actions, my past words. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it has to come to a point where we, we have to realize that it's the same way with other people too. I may burn bridges. Mm-hmm. You know. And I can't be mad about those bridges I've burned if it's factual. Yep. If it's something I was actually doing. And if it's you are being yourself. That's, that's a, the biggest part, not being an imposter, because that's what causes that to rise up in you. Yeah. yeah. Be yourself. Be happy with who you are. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay, yeah. any closing words? Uh, I think that's it. I think that we just just got to know that you've got to take those thoughts, and I love the, the, the peer tool. You know, you got you to gotta check it. Catch, catch it, it. Check it. Change it. Catch Absolutely. It, check it. Change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, you then. All right, guys. ba dee That's all, folks. Um. Have an amazing week. Uh, I know with everything going on right now, uh, a lot of people are sheltered in place orders, uh, self-quarantining, or ordinances that they have to. Uh, Man, take care of you. Reach out if you need help. Um, There's tons of online meetings. Uh, Better Life and Recovery. You can go there. You can go to uh, Unity Recovery, Mm -hmm. um, to their website. There's so many amazing places that are trying to give you the opportunity to actually have face-to-face interactions so that you're not isolating, so that there's people in your life you can reach out to. So I would highly recommend you doing that uh, because I know when I'm stuck in my own head, sometimes my depression kicks in Yeah. and me depressed is not where I need to be whenever I am unable to leave the house and already feeling very ineffective. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I think we've been doing, you know, um, online meetings all week. We talk about self help over and over and over. So important. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you next week. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe would like to be on the podcast sometime. You can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. There's the Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week.
If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast?